Hello and welcome to the House of Rams podcast. We're using this format as a quick and easy way to find out what's going on at the club and hear direct from those running the show for us. We hope you enjoy this instalment. This podcast is recorded on Thursday the 3rd of June 2021. Today we take a slightly different direction, which opens the door for anyone associated with the club or volunteering at the club to have a conversation about all things Harlow Rugby Club, whether it's present day or in the past. On that note, I'm joined by Reese Loveday, former youth player, senior player at Harlow. Reese is here to talk about a time we took Harlow to Twickenham. So welcome along, Reese. How are things? Very well, thank you, Paul. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. It's good to see you. It really yeah, is. Yeah, good to, good to catch up. <laughs> well, hello, everyone at home. <laughs> uh, so a number of people tuning in here today might not know much about your connections to the, the, the club because you, you haven't been around for a little while and, and you, you don't live in Harlow anymore. So let's start a bit about your background. Where are you living now? And tell us about your family. Yep. So uh, now uh, my wife and I and the kids, we're based in Saffron Walden. Um, so we moved here just over eight years ago, but I'm an old Harlow boy, born and bred, uh, Markle School, uh, went to St. Swarmy in, in Stortford. So grew up in old Harlow. My father, Ross Loveday, who many of the people from the li- listening to the podcast will know and from the rugby club will know, um, has been involved in the rugby club for many, many years in lots of different capacities. Uh, my mum was the main taxi for him uh, back and forth. <laughs> For many, many years. And then for myself and my brother. So Gavin Loveday is my brother. He's uh, 18 months older than me. And uh, I actually started off as a gymnast, as you all know, Paul. <laughs> yeah, uh, indeed. <laughs> but uh, and my brother was playing rugby because back in the old days, we didn't really have the, the, the amazing youth system that Harlow has got now and many other rugby clubs. Um, some of them were a little bit before Harlow had. Um, so I didn't start until I was about um, secondary school. And that was just playing for the school. And then kind of my parents said to me, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to carry on with your gymnastics? And, and I was very fortunate. My, my gymnastics coach was Barry Winch, who was a former uh, Olympian. He went to Los Angeles in um, 1984. So I've got a lovely postcard from him. He went to uh, Moscow in 1980 as well. So I grew up doing lots of gymnastics about three, four times a week and then discovered the rugby ball and Gavin was already playing by that stage and I was getting a little bit jealous. So I sort of kind of picked up and thought, yeah, I want to have a go at this. I wasn't very big, but I was pretty strong. Obviously, all the conditioning from uh, the gymnastics had helped me. So mum and dad kind of gave me an option and that was it. So I started going along to training and and trained with um, the age group above, uh, which was Malcolm Lee's was the coach at the time. No, not Malcolm Lee. No, Malcolm, Malcolm Harris. Sorry. Malcolm okay. Harris, sorry. Yeah, Malcolm yeah, Harris, sorry. yeah. 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 Uh, Malcolm Harris, sorry. And, um, yeah, had a, had a great time playing up an age group with, with you know, people like uh, Dave Tapman and uh, my brother's year group and, and everything. And, yeah, it was an absolutely lovely time. Lovely time. So mm-hmm. that was pretty much pretty much the start of it all. So there we go. Gymnastics with Dave Stradlin. And, absolutely. Uh, the time. And, uh, Quite, quite interesting that there was kind of six of us who were a pretty good standard. Dave and I both went to the um, Nationals for gymnastics twice because uh, of our connections. We, we did lots of competitions and I think I was about 24th in best in mm-hmm. Great Britain in my age group. And Dave was really good. Dave was maybe about 10th or something. He was mm-hmm. he was really much, much more flexible than me. I was the most um, yeah, inflexible gymnast that there <laughs> possibly could have been. <laughs> and well, still am. I can just about <laughs> touch my knees. <laughs> uh, you, weren't the, you weren't the worst because I was there as well years yeah. and years ago as well. But yeah. I was terror. I was I was nowhere near that level, and, uh, <laughs> and it, it, I, I only stayed on till I was about seven or eight, I think it was. But uh, yeah. who knows? But yeah, it's quite interesting. Out of the kind of the six kind of core gymnasts, three of us all went on to be, you know, I'd, I say pretty good gymnasts. Um, mm-hmm. There was another boy called Tom Cook who was a Markle boy, and he played at Bishop Stortford, and he was a scrum half, and he was a good little player as well. So, as I said, that kind of conditioning, the press-up, sit-ups, leg raises, um, star jumps, the burpees, we were all doing, you know, hundreds of those every single day yeah. at training, just as part of our conditioning. Yeah. And it definitely helped us. Yeah, it definitely helped us. So, when was the last time you played rugby? Oh, uh, last time I played for the um, Vets. <laughs> you know, the Saints. I played for the Saints. Uh, I'm gonna say two, three years ago. Tash uh, Stallman, 
Uh, yeah. They were. They needed a couple of players, and Str- I think Stradlin had said to me, "Come on, come and play." Yeah, we're all playing. Boggy mm-hmm. was playing. Uh, Dave said he was playing. Stradlin, first let ten minutes da- only. Yeah. Let me down. Uh, Maybe I didn't play. I, at I, I all. don't know what. He had something <laughs> on. Um, yeah. So I played. It really good fun. We we played played away. I'm trying to think where we played. Um, yeah, I can't quite remember now. Chingford or Thurrock or somewhere. And it was a really good game. Really good game. They had quite a good cohort of players, actually. We lost, but it was nice to put in a few, you know, nice little tackles as, <laughs> and have a couple of little runs and a couple of boshes. That's all, yeah. it's all good fun, isn't it? You know me. <laughs> Indeed. So but, what what, tried, what, what position tried, were you playing then? Oh, that was inside. Uh, oh, I played inside centre. Out. I think I played outside centre. I think they looked at me. Um, I'm trying to remember. Tom, Tom's surname was... Tom was playing... Um, Inside centre, mm-hmm. tall Tom. I can't remember Tom's surname. Sorry, and um, yeah, it was good fun. It was it was really good fun. Just to, you know, and a few switch around the positions and stuff like that. I was uh, blowing a little bit, but um, <laughs> it was good. I try and you know manage my my gains and my recovery to make sure that I have at least eighteen months to two years recovery <laughs> before the next game. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so tell us what 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 do you love about rugby? Well, where to start? I think rugby for me, and I say this to my kids, being a being a, a teacher and being an ex director of sport for many years, uh, rugby is a great game for all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, it's, 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 it has that common thread running through it that you know you put your body on the line and people will respect you for it, and you know it, it just it just makes people into families. It, it crosses different kind of. There's there's no constraints in terms of economic or social background, colour, culture. It doesn't matter. Everyone is exactly the same in a rugby pitch, and that's the great thing about it. it. Doesn't matter what how tall you are, how small you are, you know, how thin you are, how large you are, how much you can drink or how little you can drink. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> when you're on the pitch, you're just playing for one another, and it's just a really good bond. I haven't really found a sport like that. I've played cricket for 20 years also for Harlow, in old Harlow at Marigolds, um, with Ian Rundle, who many of your listeners will also mm. know, coach down the rugby club and first team player. Um, so we've known each other through, through winter and summer. Uh-huh. Um, and it's quite interesting. Crickets can be the same, but when you're in batting or if you're bowling, you're kind of doing it for yourself as well. Whereas in rugby, it's always about the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to have an effective team, you've got everyone's got to be singing off the same hymn sheet. And when it you don't have that in a team, and having managed lots of different teams and coached lots of teams myself, that that can you know upset a team. And I think you see that in Premiership rugby today and and all the different leagues and paid players and things like that. It's quite it's quite an interesting dynamic, I would say. Are you interested in sort of coaching or anything like Coach, that? I think I'll get back into it now that I'm not doing so much of the PE side of things uh, with my work. I'm doing a lot more science and PSHE. Um, mm. Yeah, I'll probably get back into it, I think, a little bit more now. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd like, to do a, I'd like to do a good level. Um, mm. But, you know, having done a lot of junior coaching through, through being a PE teacher for the last 18-odd <laughs> years... Um, you know, I've I, I've had some really good teams. You know, I've taught three different schools in Bishop's Thorpe, and all three have been district champions. So I think that kind of says a little bit. But then <laughs> I know a little bit about my rugby and done. You know, and having had some really good coaches and played with some you know outstanding players, um, yeah, I think I've still got some bits to offer. So yeah, yeah you, I think at some you, point I will. You know, the first team are looking for a backs coach at the moment. Don't I, you? I have seen that. Yes, I oh, have yeah. seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a player? Is that a player coach? I don't know if it is. No, I don't know if it is. No, um, but uh, it might be worth a chat with Weston if you fancy. Maybe. It. But, uh, Maybe. There we go. Um, yeah, I, I've got a question here, which is just a stupid question, uh, that, but I can't believe I wrote it down. What's the best tour you've been on, or are you a tour virgin? Well, I know you're not a tour virgin. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely not. I've been, oh, I've been on countless, I'm, oh, countless tours. <laughs> All of them have been brilliant. I don't think I've been on one duff tour. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, the Paris tour was absolutely superb. That was a senior tour. I remember, oh dear, I remember we were, I, I, I picked up young gallantry. So this is Ian's uh, son, George, yeah. 
who was, um, and you'll remember Paul from that tour, mm-hmm. he, George was fluent French. So yes. when I met George for the first time on this tour, you had to buddy up with a partner. Well, I chose the only fluent speaking <laughs> French tourist we had. And he was stuck with me. And I remember we got all the Metro and I was out with Gareth Powell and Gwyn Price and uh, a couple of my roomies. I'm sure Lee Howard and Ben Jarvis and Wayne Morgan and the likes were all there. And we came across this bar and it was the end of, it was the end of the night. So I'm talking, it was probably about one, two o'clock in the, in the morning. And we were just strolling back to the Metro to go back and George was doing, and I said, George, just have a word with that bar. And he was taking his, he was taking all the chairs off of the tables at the time and you could see he was packing around i'm like george i can't have a word with him i want last order just get us one more one more beer one more small beer famous one so, more beer yeah. yeah famous one more word. so so the so the barman he was absolutely brilliant very hospitable we said seven beers there were seven of us left he had seven of us beers so we sat sat down he left a couple of chairs we were sitting outside on the on the road and we finished our beer and uh he, he was still he was still standing there the barman having, having his cigarette we said uh barman seven seven more beers and and this went <laughs> And on then and the next thing we the next thing we know the milk float went past and it was at six in the morning and instead of putting the ta- the chairs on the table he was taking them off and setting up and get ready for breakfast and we thought are, are we playing are we are we what time are we leaving the hotel said, we're leaving at half nine we've got to play at 10 o'clock right i think we, we should go back now and uh yeah i remember us uh, george trying to get us back to this hotel and we had no idea where we were by that time yeah that was a very very good tour yeah um so, I mean, the Amsterdam tours were absolutely brilliant for the Amsterdam Sevens. I was very fortunate I played in lots of Sevens. And obviously, today we're talking about our greatest day in the Harlow's history with the Middlesex Sevens at Twickenham. But the Amsterdam Sevens, we took some really good teams there. Um, and they were they were fabulous weekends. Um, how how I, managed to play? Because I, mean, I remember uh, you coming over well, one morning and not having anywhere to stay. Well, and just I know. Well, we on used it to all day. Two days on a trot and, yeah, and we, play we rugby. Kind of, we kind of tried to take it serious the first. I think the, the, the main objective was qualifying for the main competition the next day. And as soon as we qualified, uh, our ability to play, <laughs> uh, or, or, or rather the attitude to wanting to play at that standard for the next day. I remember we qualified one year and we played the um, Scotland under 21 side and I think Simon Danielli and Liam Botham at the time were playing for um, mm. Scotland under 21s and we were already 30 points down by by whatever time <laughs> uh, it didn't go it didn't go well Paul we think the only <laughs> thing we won was the punch up that was the only thing we, we won yeah. take your victories where you find them yeah yeah, yeah absolutely small victories isn't it small victories yeah. so that was good and uh, you know in the youth I think that a really important part of the rugby club is touring and I would suggest anyone listening um, here today really and they were thinking about going on tour whether that was a player young young boy or girl wanting to go on a rugby tour or a parent coach someone who's looking to get involved I, w- I would actively say go Go, go and witness what, what tour is about, how it brings the community together, how it, how it widens the wider, the, the rugby community worldwide. I mean, mm. the amount of people I have met around the world through just rugby, whether that's an Italian contact that I've been on one particular school trip with, or whether it's in France, or whether it's in Holland or South Africa, it's, it's, it's a very small world, and the rugby community is a wonderful thing. Um, I wish I had a bit, I managed to go on a Lions tour got it back in the 90s i really wish that i had because yeah. uh, i'm very envious of some of my friends and lots of the people at harlow rugby club have managed to go on these amazing oh, british lions tours i think we one, were that, one, that one close day. i was is it this that close this year that, you, yeah. that close we were booked to, I had to cancel my tickets oh. two weeks ago or whatever so uh, oh, yeah so yeah there we go one of those one, things one day one, one day. day one day indeed so um you went, you came through the youth section, uh, yeah. and then you had a bit of a. You went to university in Cheltenham, I think it was. I then... did, yeah. I went to the old St Paul, so Cheltenham and Gloucester. It changed to at the time, so I had mm. a wonderful time there, based in Cheltenham. Um, I was still travelling back because I was uh, very fortunate. Uh, after uh, under seventeens, I'd been into Colts. I think, yeah, I was already playing Colts. I mean, I made my Colts debut for when I was fifteen yeah. for Harlow. <laughs> 
uh, with, with Dr. Cliff Bishop was the coach at the time. Great guy. Absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I would play anywhere for him. I made my yeah. debut at fullback. We went to Leicester and played Leicester. And their outside half was the Hong Kong fly half. And he could <laughs> kick the ball, no lie, three quarters of the pitch, cross field. Yeah, he used to kick the ball just absolutely incredibly well. And it would sail over my head and land 30, 40 yards off of the pitch. And I was just like, what on earth is, is going on? <laughs> I was 15 and they were huge. And I remember we came out of the tunnel and we, we had to cross the road. And we came out and Leicester were playing Gloucester that day. We came out of the changing rooms and I walked out of the changing rooms and we had to walk between two guys and the referee. And I, and I looked up and I thought, oh, my God, this guy's absolutely huge. And I turned to the bloke that he was staring at and he was even bigger. And it was <laughs> Dean Richards, who was the Leicester captain, yeah. and Mike Teague, who was the <laughs> Gloucester captain. And they were just like staring at each other. And I was this tiny little lad. And we all had to shuffle through them whilst they just <laughs> stared at each other. And it was the most surreal. Looking back, it was the, this is the most surreal experience. Yeah. And we trotted out and, and got pasted by Leicester. <laughs> and uh, I, I think even then I was throwing dummies to no one. <laughs> even they were falling for it. But it was a great experience. And then uh, two weeks later, I'd be playing flanker or I'd be playing hooker or, or mm -hmm. nine or something like that for Cliff. And just got called up and it was just a great experience. You know, it was a really good, um, yeah, just a really good way of developing my skills and playing obviously older rugby and a much harder rugby. Um it made playing then for the younger and school school use and, and our own team, Paul, that yeah. you, you and I played together for years. It made that so much easier then when uh -huh. we played that higher standard, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I left Harlow when I was 17 and went to Saracens. I was very fortunate. I played Essex and Eastern Counties and had London and South East England trials and Welsh Exiles trials and things. Um, a chap I played Essex and Eastern Counties with, Ben Sayers, uh, he, he called me up, or his dad called me up and asked me to go on the Vale of Loom tour with Saracens and mm -hmm. the 17s or Colts as it was and so I went on that and yeah didn't look back really I was there for five years and had an absolutely amazing time so uh -huh. yeah the likes of Michael Liner I was, was training with and Philippe Seller and Franco Francois Pinar fresh from the, the Rugby World Cup 97 yeah yeah it was an it was an amazing time it was an amazing uh -huh. time. Captain my university whilst I was at Cheltenham. And I had some great players there in Cheltenham. We had a really, really good team. Lots, obviously, because there was lots of Welsh boys in the team. Oh, clearly, yeah, clearly. Just like yeah. the Lions, lots of Welsh players will make the uh, The more, the more you can get in there, the better. Yeah, we, do, all, yeah. we all know that. Everyone <laughs> knows that. Even the English fans know that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sure that will go down are, very. Yeah, that will come yeah. down very well. I hope that has. <laughs> it, it will do. It will do. There's people that shut off now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kerry. <laughs> um, so uh, right. So when you came back to Harlow, um, you, you played mostly inside centre. You played a bit in the back yeah. row in the first. Yeah, team, well, yeah. I came in a, a ten um, to okay. start because I was a ten. Yeah. So I went to Saracens as a nine. Uh -huh. um, and they turned me into a fly half, really. They said, no, you're better off reading the game and, you know, you, you like your tackle, blah, blah, blah. They also had a really good mm -hmm. nine there also. Um, so I played a lot of my, my rugby at 10 mm -hmm. at Saracens. And it wasn't really until Harlow that I, that I then became a 12. I was, I was a 10 at university. Mm -hmm. The actual captain, actually, at my university, really good player for the first team, was the fly half. Mm -hmm. And sort of halfway through the season, he then fortunately moved to 12. It was quite, quite a lot taller than me. Um, and I went, then moved into 10. So mm. it was quite nice seeing a 10 adapt into a 12 position because a 12 position is very much, you know, back in those mm -hmm. days, mm -hmm. Scott Gibbs, crash ball, bang, set it up. Um, and then I kind of moved to, so I kind of took over at 10 and Dave Hurley kind of stopped. Um, that's when I kind of uh, came back, who was an absolutely great player for Harlow, absolutely legend of a, of a 10. Um, but Ben Jarvis was just coming through. So Ben was a few years younger than me, mm -hmm. uh, but a bright, uncoming, uh, upcoming player who um, I thought, oh, yeah, we could, you know, I think I talked to the coach at the time and said, so, well, look, we could kind of bring him in. We want the best players on the pitch. 
can you play can you play 12 yeah absolutely no problem and i absolutely thrived there well i mm. thought i thrived there <laughs> i really enjoyed it i, yeah. I like the front of that i like the, the you know the physical nature of it. but i was always a running 10 i mm. was very much if you kick it you're giving it to the opposition and they can score <laughs> if you don't kick it away they can't score yeah and i'd much rather make contact and try and run through people than <laughs> kick it 40 yards and chase it and let them run back enough to make a tackle um yeah. You know, which I think the game has changed a lot, hasn't it? And and I think the rules, the way the rules are, it kind of supports the necessity for the international sides to do that yep. turnover. So yeah. it's, um, you know, get back to those running ways. Indeed, indeed. So let's uh, uh, sort of go into what we're really here to talk about. That day at Twickenham. So uh, I remember some training sessions with Graham Richards saying we're going to go and play in the, the qualifying tournament, which was Upper Clapton, I think. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, uh, and you say, no, we've got a real chance here. We've got a real good team here that, that sort of can can do it. But what, what do you remember about us preparing for it? Because it certainly had felt differently from preparing to play in that tournament. Um, yeah, it did. I mean, we'd, we'd played in some sevens tournaments before and we'd always done fairly well um and graham being the professional that he was and his attention to detail certainly the way that we were training he had a he had a good level of experience in terms of seven storms and seven skills and calls and just our preparation was better mm-hmm. um we had specific line out moves that we had practiced mm-hmm. <laughs> uh we had you know trained for kickoffs all of our passing i remember we were just running lengths of the rugby field and we were trying to pass it each of us over 20 mm. 30 meters just wide mm. passes deep 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 very very fijian very not nothing to say there needs to be pace on it let the ball do the work mm. you know take it couple of yards pass it on couple of yards pass it on and and i remember us trying to do it and you know the amount of times we failed in those first mm-hmm. few weeks i don't know if you remember Paul, but yeah people were dropping it and people could pass it off their weaker hands and it was really frustrating i think for the people who could pass it and we're, we're trying to get you know as you well know <laughs> we're trying to get as many backs on this seventh team yeah. as we possibly can and try yeah. and kick some of these forwards you know who, <laughs> try to slow us to. all down who can't catch and can't pass <laughs> and, that, um, and that's why you were playing hooker that's why i was playing yeah. hooker you know yeah. you get one more back but i'd always played hooker in sevens from a young age because mm. you know the as and, and as I do with my my youngsters, you, the more the more speedy kind of guys, and I wasn't speedy at all, as you well know. <laughs> um, but if you can read the game, you can cover so many more yards. Uh, just being quick and nimble at the scrum, and knowing and trying to be a bit streetwise with in terms of your binding, you can get out and cover the blind side or the left hand side of that scrum really, really, really well. Um, so we did lots of practice with Graham and, and you know, my hat was off to him because he really trained us very well. We were very well prepared, but we were also very confident. We had a confident yeah. squad. We had a really good 10, 12. I'm trying to think, I can't quite remember how many players we would have had in the squad. I would have thought it was 12, was it? No, I think it was 10. I think it was was 10. You must know because you must share that picture constantly um, and tag me into it. When it comes up, when it comes (laughs) up on memory, I've held back on that this year. (laughs) I have. It it popped up in the last couple of days. I didn't really want to share it yesterday on my 20th wedding anniversary, but it was my. uh, (laughs) uh, That's what went out last year. Oh, yes. so it was your 20th anniversary this week and, and it was Joe's birthday this week as and well. Joe's birthday yeah. this week, yeah, that, yeah. That's how you don't forget, isn't it? That's that's yeah. how I don't forget, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, so, 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 yeah, this, so we, this, we were really, really well prepared and, and we mm. looked at the draw also when we were at Upper Captain and there were some really good teams there. I think mm. that Reading were there. Uh, Reading had a player I used to play with at Saracens. Um, really good, Danny. He played at um, Campions mm-hmm. when we were growing up, when you know we used to go to Campions as a school yeah. team for Mark Hall and get absolutely thrashed. They were absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. He was playing for Reading. And, and after the game, he just said, your boys played really well. We thought we had a really good chance. And I had a chat, long chat with him after. He just said, you absolutely destroyed us. And mm-hmm. we even, even when it kind of got close... And they kind of scored, I think, and coming back, we, we scored a few. Uh, I think the thing was, we, we seemed to score early. We started off very confident. Mm. We knew what we were doing. 
we were really into the tackle and really trying to get that first kind of turnover and then move it wide and use our pace. Uh, we scored pretty much consistently early in most matches. And even when they started coming back, we still felt as if we were confident enough that we were going definitely going to win. Uh-huh. And I think that confidence, whether that was Graham's uh, <laughs> gift to us, that yeah. he gave us that confidence, um, or whether we just had that in ourselves because of our close bond, yeah, um, it was just it was just amazing. I think we just couldn't believe that we had qualified for Twickenham and we were going to go to the home of the England rugby <laughs> yeah. club. Um, much to um, some of our disappointment, yeah. and not to the Millennium Stadium or Cardiff Arms Park. Uh, but it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, it, I mean, I also remember that the last game was against Loughborough students um, uh, and taking them on and we knew that that was the game that we were building towards because we we got that far before against Loughborough students and lost Um, and and that that seems to be where we saw year year before wasn't it I think yeah Yeah. but there was also um, we played Bracknell who were a national side I'm sure it was Bracknell we played and Reading Uh, in the qualifying in the quarterfinals, and we'd beaten them, uh, who were a National League team at the time. They were a very, very good side. That's some good players. But again, we convincingly beat them. Um, Uh So, yeah, that was an amazing triumph just in itself. For us to to have won that tournament, I think, was just amazing. It was was just a buzz, wasn't it? There was such a buzz after that. And we knew we were going to Twickenham to play um, that that, game. that you know, that I'm trying to remember the team that we had. So there was Kenty, you, and Toby in uh, uh, the uh, starting forwards. Yeah. Who was this? Who was the scrum off? Scrum off would have been Lee Harron. Oh, how could I forget him? Oh, <laughs> dear, that that, 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 that's me in trouble. So yeah. that is you definitely oh, in trouble. Dear. And then yeah, so so Lee Harron, Jarvo, Adam Price, Pete Harris, and then yeah. Wayne Morgan, Paul Gutteridge, and me on the. Yeah. That's it's it. all coming on, yeah. That oh dear, it. how could I forget Lee? <laughs> oh, that's that is, that's going to cost me. That is. I'm but, just uh, trying to look through uh, some of my old photos for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yeah, lot, lots of lots and lots of good uh, memories for that one, wasn't it? So really yeah, it, it, when we because the day the day we were travelling to to Twickenham, um, th- th- we just got given loads of kit. I seem to remember there, there was, and I've still got the grey t-shirt with the uh, middle six. So I, I saw it in my wardrobe this morning. The, the, the polo shirt. Yeah, the polo yeah, shirt. Yeah, well, the polo shirt. Uh, the yeah. polo shirt. I did actually. Yeah. Through, my, um, through through the cricket contest, I used to do. We used to go on tour. We started going tour. We didn't always go on tour. So with yeah. um, Harlow Cricket Club, but naturally yeah. it was through the rugby club and through touring. I kind of set up. We went to Shrewsbury in a couple of years in a row, and it was around that same period. And so I had this little contact through um, for the polo shirts, and Graham had sorted all it. And I, and I was going, but what what were we going to wear? What are we wearing <laughs> to and after? Shirt, look, who wants who wants an extra shirt? And everyone was going, yeah, yeah, we'll have an yeah. extra. I got yeah. those other shirts made. Oh, and you did that. I didn't know that. All yeah. those extra, and we all had our names on them, didn't we? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. It was oh, lovely. Brilliant. It was yeah. lovely. So, I remember yeah. getting to the club. I think we had a breakfast laid on at the club before we went off and we uh, we jumped on a uh, oversized minibus type thing yeah, right. to, 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 to go down there. And I, I have this clear memory of arriving and going through the gates at Twickenham and getting off, and people coming up to us asking for our autographs. Autographs straight um, away, as soon as, as soon as yeah. we got off, wasn't it? And yeah, all I, these little kids. Oh, it, it was it was amazing. It was brilliant. And then people were shoving the program in front of us and saying, yeah. "Who do you play for?" And you see your name and stuff in the program. Yeah. And you'd have it, to you'd have to go incredible. through all the names to yeah. find the smallest team. To go. And we we were the smallest team. Uh, in terms of the leagues, weren't we? Yeah, to play yeah. that, that, I think there were three teams who uh-huh. were not in the league. I can't remember who the other two were. Might have been Westcliff or something like that. Uh-huh. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. And, and one other. And everyone else was just... Well, we shared a we shared a change room with Saracens, didn't we? We, and, we did uh, indeed. Yeah, Pina was sitting there, and I remember Pete Harry's just laughing and looking at me and going, "Look, that's Pina over there. He's got muscles pinging all over the place." And you're going, "Right, I need another beer for this beer belly." So <laughs> <laughs> he was he was absolutely absolutely huge, wasn't he? Yeah, I have yeah. got that. I have got that sign. Some it, it was amazing. Um, 
It was, was it was at the rugby old rugby club. I'm sure it's around the new club somewhere. I'm sure I've seen it somewhere with who we we shared we it? shared that changing room with. But I think um, I've got I think I've got Sooty uh, yeah. and um, oh Richie May looking at the and Richie May yeah. pointing pointing yeah. at it somewhere. I'm just having yeah. to see if I can locate have to, it. You have to repost those on uh, social media after. Yeah, so we'll do. You could uh, see those. Um, so so we're in the, the we got in the changing room. Do you, uh, do you remember there were um, we weren't we weren't allowed in the England dressing room, um, but then we we had, I think we had different separate baths or something like that in our uh, I think so yeah. our change room as well. Um, but uh, going out onto the pitch, how did you feel when you went out onto the pitch that day? Here we go. I've I found it. I have found it. There. We oh, go. that's the one I was thinking I of. It. Right here yeah. we go. So we had. We had our dressing room, dressing room three we were in, Paul, at the, behind the Rugby Football Union. It was Saracens, Newcastle Falcons, which was Johnny Wilkinson at the time, wasn't it? Oh, Richmond, yeah. Richmond, who were still um, mm. in top flight, weren't they? they? were. They played their last professional game against us. <laughs> they, yeah. they did, yeah, yeah. they did. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Harlow, they, that was dressing room three. And dressing room four was London Welsh, uh, Exeter University, Gloucester, and Boland, right yeah. here. Now, Bo- so, so we just had a little bit of technical difficulty. We'll probably be able to tell on the edit as <laughs> we put this together. So we were just about to talk about uh, uh, the, the change room next to us, um, and it included the Boland team that we were up to play first, I think. So, yeah, that's right. So, what do you remember? So, Boland were an interesting uh, proposition because they were the team, the British Lions played in their first tour game of South Africa, 1997. Um, so they came with a huge reputation. Um, they were an invitation side and we knew that we were going to be playing them. So we were very much looking forward to the match. Whatever our experience at Twickenham was going to be, this was going to be one hell of an experience mm-hmm. for the whole of Harlow Rugby Club. You know, we had taken two coach loads of supporters to the, um, to the club. And when we, when we looked at the dressing room, and we knew that they were next door to us um, with London Welsh, Exeter and Gloucester. And Gloucester went by, by no mean feat <laughs> in, the, in their own right. Um, but when we were, I remember going out and just having a little bit, we had a little bit of a warm up outside of the um, outside st- of the stadium. Yeah, mm-hmm. we went warm up there. And I remember coming out into the changes and we just saw how big they were. They were absolutely Huge. I mean, if you are listening to this at home, please think of the biggest person that you have ever seen and multiply that <laughs> by another 50%. And then thinking all 10 of their guys were this big. It they were just they were just huge. I mean, one of the guys who came on as a sub was absolutely an absolute monster. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't even stop. So it was um it was a really tough challenge. And I think we just wanted to just try and I think between us, we all just said, look, we just want to score one try. We want to get on the score sheet. We we know this is going to be really tough. We knew uh, the level they played at. Graham Richards, our coach, um, had had done some coaching with the Natal Sharks. He knew some of their players. So they came with that reputation that we knew that they were good. But, but, saying that, <laughs> our rugby club had some very good players in their own right. And we were very confident that we could go out and put on a good show. And we did. And we really, really did. They, they scored early. Um, and I remember the game. We, uh, they scored. Then we scored. Then they scored. Then we scored. Then they scored. Then they scored again. Then we scored. And then I think they scored one or two. But we got all of our 10 players on the pitch. Everyone mm-hmm. played. And I think we had said at the beginning, what we wanted to do was make sure everyone, everyone who was in the squad, everyone got an opportunity. Um, for us, it was about everyone experiencing that together as a family and as a club. And we, we took lots of people, as I said, to go and watch that. Mm. And it was important that we everyone got a, an opportunity to play. So, you know, that was um, it was it was great. So I can't remember uh, what the score was. We, we, we were a couple of two, two or three tries behind them, I think, in the end. But we'd scored, yeah. we'd scored three or four, three or four tries. And I, I scored myself. And. And the emotion to, I can't actually describe the emotion to score at Twickenham and being a Welshman. To score, <laughs> score at Twickenham. Moral victory. Yeah, something you dream about as from being a little kid. Um, 
it was it was very very emotional i was i was in as soon as i scored and you know a typical me i gave a dummy and, <laughs> yeah and and i rode a tackle this bloke hit me it was a kind of a two-on-one but he was he was forcing me to dummy he'd given me the inside so i was pretty confident but boy did he hit me as well and i still managed to get through him die for the die for the line um and i remember a couple of <laughs> couple of the lads just jumping on me straight away and I was just really really emotional really emotional I found the f- our fans I was pointing up to the Harlow fans straight away and and the noise was definitely because there must have been I mean Paul you must remember it must yeah. have been um 40,000 people there um, it was it, it was it was a big it was the last time the last time the Middlesex Sevens had that format that's um, and, and there was a big big turnout to uh, for it and uh uh, yeah, it was. There was a there was a lot of people there, and I, I see you, your your memories of that first game are much clearer than mine. I I remember <laughs> Lee scoring, doing some sort of forward roll off the top of the ball underneath the post, yeah. and pointing to Winger in the crowd. That's um, right. I remember that, um, but a lot of it is really a, a bit of a blur to me. Um, yeah. The playing, I remember being running on, and my legs being like jelly as I, I ran on. But then I got the ball and I was fine. And I was like, oh, there we go. It, yeah. it was it was it was a really strange uh, sort of thing. Uh, and I, I remember, remember I remember you coming on. I remember you coming on and the smile on your face. <laughs> absolutely yeah. huge. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot about I'm just looking at the team here. Um, because we had um Graham and Sooty were our coaches, yeah, and our management staff. We also had Alan Price, LG, obviously. Our club presidents now. John Locke, who was our first team captain, yeah. and also John Harron, Lee's Lee's Lake Barber. Yeah. Um, no, he's not late. He's not late. He's still around. He's not he's late. Still, is he? He's not late. He's still around. Let's do that one. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> right, we're giving Lee some stick today, aren't we? Probably. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we had we had we had an absolutely brilliant management team there, and yeah. we also had the likes of um, Alan Maddox. And Helen Maddox behind the I scene. see. I, I don't know if they came. I think they were on oh, holiday. Yeah. And they, they've must... been kicking themselves all the time that uh, they did they couldn't make it. Um in the preparation and the and the um you know the warm-up um, tournament, the warm-up tournament, the qualifying tournament, yeah. they were about really, you know, part of that whole setup. And you know, and they were a huge, huge part of when we went to South Africa the following year. Yeah. So, you know, that that kind of kind of family feel that we had and I think we just look really professional. So I thought we looked really professional in terms of the way that we looked, the way that we um, signed our autographs, just the, <laughs> way, the way we warmed up. Whereas other other teams, I think on that day, weren't quite. Um, maybe they weren't quite as hungry for it. Maybe that they yeah. had experienced it more than what we had. So we were really hungry. Maybe we were just a little bit naive. Yeah. Um, but we had some really good players, didn't we? We had some. Yeah. yeah I remember Pete Pete Harris played absolutely superb. Yeah. He played he played brilliant as did well. I think everyone did. Um, Alan Alan Price, um, young Algy, he was absolutely immense. Kenty, just just yeah, just brilliant, just absolutely yeah. brilliant. I think well from from all all the players, everyone who came on just played really well, and it it was just a really special moment, wasn't it? So I think it, just we, we lost, but you know we had already held our ha- heads up high, and I think the club were already really proud of us, weren't yeah. they? They were because because we went on then, didn't we? Because the Penguins yeah. were playing uh, there as well, and the Penguins another representative or representative side uh, yeah. or invitation side driver, and that had Serevi uh, playing in in that they thing. Did, we, had, yeah. we managed to get a photo with him uh, at some point. We didn't actually play against him, though, did we? I think he was. We didn't know. So they were um, they were the second invitation team, weren't they? Yeah. And, um, I know that we were Richie May. Um, who who is now New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. By you know, is that, is that a trade? New Zealand? It's somewhere on the planet. <laughs> yeah. If you're out there, um, was absolutely hilarious, and and he was trying to uh, negotiate a a shirt swap with uh, the famous Sarevi, the greatest sevens player there has ever yeah. been. This guy was absolutely immense, and the Penguins, as well as the Bolands, were the only other. Um, invitation team, I believe. Yeah. On the, 
Yeah. And we yeah. were we were kind of going around the stadium and Sir Edward was there signing some autographs. And he was really good. And he was going, yeah, yeah. And Richie was going, well, well, you know who I am. I'm, I'm Richie May from Harlow. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you want my shirt? <laughs> and uh, he convinced Sir Evie that um, <laughs> it's Richard's shirt, which yeah. I think got on numerous attempts to try and get this um, shirt, but it, it didn't quite pay off. But because <laughs> uh, we went on, we played. I know we played Richmond because we went in because we lost that first game. We went into the the plate we competition went, or whatever. We went into the plate, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Or, um, or whether we have one more game, I'm not sure if we were in small pools and then we went into that, or whether they just did that straight away. I can't quite remember because yeah. my memory is a bit fuzzy. It'd be in 21 years ago <laughs> yeah. and the amount oh, of right. alcohol. Wrong, yeah, no. 22, 22 years ago now. 22, 21. We forgot 2020, you see. It's just disappeared oh from our, our, our memories. Because we played Richmond and we we beat... No, I, th- I think, yeah, we beat them. But there was another team that we played and... Yeah. I think Ray Mirlu was refereeing or was touch judge or so, or something ha- happened. And right. the, one of the conversions wasn't given or there was some confusion about what the score, the final score was. Final and we, score th- we, we, we thought we'd won outright, That's but right. it turns out that the, um, the conversion hadn't gone down as, as going over. I think it was Ray Mirlu dis- disallowed the conversion. And Possibly. Lee, who'd never won the toss all season in any of our games or anything like that, had to go out and do a toss-up for who was going to go through uh, right. in that game. And he came yeah, he, in and he, he'd won the he's toss. Won we were... He's never won one since either, no. really. <laughs> and we were, we, I remember jumping up and down and all over it. And because we were sharing that changing rooms, there's other people yeah. going, what the hell are these lot doing? And we were jumping all over each other. Well, it's London Welsh, wasn't it? Because they were, they were in Boland's changing room just next door. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, we it. Came, that's right. We came out and... and no one knew who was going through to the next. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't, yeah. So that was our last game, wasn't it? Was that the last game, or was that? No, I, 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 and I think that that was the 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 one before our last game, and the then then we, then we were, and then oh, right. I think we yeah. lost in the semi final of the plate competition right. or something. I think okay. I, I can't remember, but uh, it's all a bit blurred. Someone, someone out there will will remember. Well, yeah, it. We, I, I I believe we lost then in the plate. Whatever it was, yeah. semi-final against London Welsh, yeah. which you know, you're going to go out against the team. It's going to be a good team. Who, <laughs> who at the time were I think Division Two, yeah. or the, what is now Division One or Championship, as it now is. Um, really, really good sides. Really, really good sides. And we only lost by about two points. Yeah. I believe I think they yeah. they scored in the last minute. And again, we everyone came on, everyone played, yeah. uh, which was great. Um, and I think they just snuck it at the end, didn't they? Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. I, was- I remember going out into the crowd into um, to see people in between games, and uh, my now wife and my girlfriend at the time, I only just met, was uh, in the crowd and going up to see her and her friends. And I remember uh, seeing Prindy and uh, saying, "Come on, Prindy, come and have a look at the changing rooms." Uh, and he came, he started wandering down, but there was a beer barrel in the tunnel. And he didn't get any further. He just stopped there <laughs> and started drinking. Didn't never made it into the changing room. It sounds no. like so well done, well done, Paul Prendival. Well yeah. But um, and then afterwards, um, we were kind of hanging around, wondering what to to do. And we found a bar in Twickenham or a room in Twickenham that had beer on tap. There had no one in it, and we just went in and started helping ourselves to right. uh, to the booze in it. And they had an ice cream. Uh, thing and then somewhat slowly some of the other teams started coming in and we we, we kind of said we thought this was our after sort yeah. of thing sort of dinner and thank you and cheers it's we sold rough. all these tickets and it was it, just rough but it, just it, rough. It, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger in there and i remember having boat races with some other teams and yeah. uh, uh and all sorts we won, of things we won all of those as well yeah we did yeah we won <laughs> absolutely we Oh, the superior team in the bar. Uh, I have to say, the fans and those people who are at home listening to this, I'm sure there'll be some of them who were there that day on the greatest day um, in the history of the club, thinking, yes, that was absolutely superb. And I hope, I, I just hope that we did them proud and that they had a really positive experience all day from their journey there to, you know, what the game was like, the atmosphere, because it was a great atmosphere. And from a playing perspective, it, it was amazing. And yeah. 
you know, whenever we see each other, any of the players, we always <laughs> just, you know, it's <laughs> and, and it's a bit like a, uh, the, the, the not well, not quite like the Friends reunited thing that's been on this week, but where they said you could be, uh, you could be going to a, a dinner or you could be at a wedding or something like you bump into one of those boys and you just want to spend the rest of the time just talking to them about that day. <laughs> and I know I don't get to go down the club as much as I would like anymore. And and it's an amazing club. But and I know the last time I went down last year, one of the, 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 um, the dinners or before, prior to COVID, um, I bumped into a few of the few of the lads there and I, I saw Mark Kent and we just we just reminisced and it was just lovely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that the the rugby club, you know, it's just, it's just amazing for, isn't it? It's just yeah, it's, yeah, it's great for that. I mean, so so afterwards, um, yeah, my girlfriend at the time, Linda, um, she lived in South London, and Paul Gutteridge and uh, Toby Clay were Romford yeah. boys and weren't yeah. coming back on the coach. Yeah, and so my journey home was different to yours. Uh, we uh, walked into Richmond. Uh, uh, spent some time in Richmond and then we got taxis to somewhere in South London which I don't remember and then I went back to Linda's house afterwards but Prindy came out of there with me and because he's been in the tunnel all the time I remember him walking across Richmond Bridge uh, with, with his nose on the floor but his legs still going sort of thing he, he was absolutely trolleyed at that point how he kept going till later on that night I, I have absolutely no idea but do you, I, I remember just partying everywhere there, and because we'd been playing at Twickenham when we were in Richmond, people were buying us drinks and and, and all that sort of thing. What was your experience of the way home? <laughs> I mean, the journey home is, to be honest, a bit of a blur. Uh, there was there was there was lots of self punishment in terms of just the drinks. The abuse we were giving each other, the songs that you were being asked to sing. I mean, some of the songs that people were coming out of, you haven't you hadn't heard them for years and years. <laughs> and then they drank that much. They were recalling songs that they didn't know. <laughs> um, it, it was a it was an amazing experience. And we had we had the traditional Harlow songs with yeah. the like Ken Spooner mentioned uh, to you know Welsh songs that to Lemis. <laughs> everything it was all you love it you love a little bit of les- lesbian I, yeah. I do yes and um it was just absolutely brilliant and i and i i you know what time we finished in the end i'll i'll never know but we were all really looking forward actually just to catching up with the whole community of harlow yeah. rugby club getting back to the back to our club even though we've been there all day and we celebrated there for quite a while it didn't feel as if we stayed there for a huge amount of time after, if I recall. But like you said, going up into the fans and having that opportunity was just amazing. I mean, yeah. that was, you could literally play a game, go off into the change rooms, put your put your gum shield away, take your boots off, or get your boots on and go up into the fans. <laughs> yeah. Sit there with your loved ones, your family, your friends, the supporters of Harlow Rugby Club, I mean, it's what every kid <laughs> dreams of. And I think if you're listening to this and you're a youngster um, or a coach from Harlow Rugby Club, you know, you should have aspirations to try and do something as big one day with your team. And I think if you can always dream big, you know, if you fall that little bit short, that's not a problem. But you've got to dream big in, in order to get there. Um, you know, when we were at Upper Clapton, just thinking about what the next stage could be, we were dreaming big and yeah. we, were the, we were the fortunate 10 who managed to represent our club on the day but there were many who who you know didn't who were equally just as important or played just as important in the build-up because we couldn't have got there without it wasn't just 10 of us training was it no it no was, not at all no it was the whole squad it was second team players it mm. was loads of management around us sponsors it was everyone pulling together for a common goal and that's the only reason that we got there when we did so well wasn't it even if you don't remember it all <laughs> I just can't remember anything else from, from, from League and Twickenham really <laughs> well everyone's got everyone's like you say dream big and you get experiences like that in your life that you would never forget and Absolutely. everyone associated won't ever forget I mean you went on afterwards to, to go to South Africa which is probably another uh, sort of podcast all on its own uh, <laughs> and, 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 and a trip uh, oh. over there but we had a successful period. We played some rugby at, uh, at 
Twicker, uh, 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 Harlequin's home ground. Yeah, Stoke, we did. Yeah, the so following year and stuff like that. So. I think that, that period, that 2000, 2001, 2002, yeah. well, 1990, yeah, 1999 through to sort of yeah. 2000, was probably the highest in terms of the standard. And, and what, we were, what we were trying to aspire the club to be, still mm. in our kind of um, amateur development, really, although mm. we had a couple of kind of players starting to come in, um, it was amazing. We we went to the stoop the following year. We, in fact, the two two years I believe mm. it was after that. Um, and again, equally br- brilliant teams. I remember Matt Howard playing absolutely brilliant stand, oh, stand oh. which that, is unheard of. Yeah, <laughs> been able to, it, we were just we were just flabbergasted that he could actually just catch a ball. <laughs> I remember one of the qualified tournaments for that where he got subbed on and then Graham went, no, off he comes, he's coming off again. He dropped one early and off he came again. Well, you've got to, you've got to take your charge. He's a, he's a much better magician than he, than he is. And if he could have only magic some glue onto those hands, he would have been brilliant. But no, to his credit, he, he played absolutely super. Him, Rudy, Rudy mm. used the house, who was a fullback for Harlow at the time. South African, absolutely steps, uh, sidestepping machine. He was absolutely amazing and faster, but he could also tackle Rudy. Great yeah. player, great, great lads. Um, and they, they, I remember them just playing super. But then when we went to South Africa in 2000 um, to play in the Durban Sevens, which um, I remember having the phone call from Graham, and Graham signed, phoned me and said, How do you fancy going to South Africa and playing? And I was thinking, What? Uh, someone's made an offer for me. What? what, what <laughs> you can, you can just explain it. We we we've been offered uh, to go to Durban to play in the Durban Sevens, and I literally yes yes oh oh <laughs> in about three was that two weeks three weeks time from the phone call <laughs> yeah so little preparation from us going, and um, it was very strange because yeah. the program. Had us down. We were called the Harlow Cobblers. Oh if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you remember this, Paul, but we were sponsored. Graham had somehow got us sponsored by this shoe company in South <laughs> Africa. It's national. They're really massive, and so everyone else was like, you know, as, as they do in South Africa, the Jaguars, the Panthers, the the Lions, all these really aggressive kind of. And we were the Harlow Cobblers. We, <laughs> we were basically the shoes, and it felt like some of I'm gonna just oh these 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 British guys are coming over. We're gonna make a mockery of them. Let's put them down as like the shoot the the, co- the co- <laughs> or the, you know or something like that. You know the paperweights or something. Yeah. And well, is this is this really? And Graham hadn't told us, and it was only when we cut the program and we were like, "Who are the Harlow Cobblers, Graham?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I've got, I forgot to tell you. We've uh, yeah, but I've got you all these. I've got you all these footwear for free. I think we had some. We had." Some, Blades. Do you remember the old blades? Yeah. Just, uh-huh. you know? so we had these uh-huh. blades. He's got to put them on. He's got to put them on. Had them all. We, we've all been sponsored by. Right. Okay, Graham. Yeah, we'll put them on. Oh, these are lovely, Graham. Thank you very much. We went out and trained in 42 degree heat. <laughs> the ground was like the old Harlow Rugby Club car park. Yeah. <laughs> so it was bone hard. And we were wearing these blades. And within 40 minutes, um, Nine out of ten of us had about five really bad blisters <laughs> on feet. And and Kate, our physio at the time, mm-hmm. brilliant Kate was. So yeah, and Kate, good. Yeah, so uh Kate, our physio at the time, absolutely brilliant physio, was with us at Harlow Rebka for, for many, many years and patched us, patched us all up time and time again. Well, poor Kate was the busiest businessman. <laughs> Because we were wearing these blades and, and everyone had these blisters and they were really, I mean, really, really bad blisters. Our feet were in absolute shreds. The only person I think was Rudy, who had worn trainers because he was South African. He knew that the, <laughs> the we inside track. Trying, trying to fulfill oh. our duties as the Harlow cobblers wearing these, uh, wearing these blades. Yeah. But so again, I guess, we, I guess the, the whole, um, 
the, 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 the Twickenham thing really started off that phase where we got invited to different things. We got uh, involved in different things. And it really opened the door for a, uh, a nice period for, for us all. And uh, to, to be in and around that squad was a great time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great, so, it was a great time. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, lots of fond memories. And I think it opened a lot of opportunities also for the, you know, the chairmen and the presidents at the time and following that because of the reputation that the club had had really gained. Yeah. It was yeah. only really the um, the kind of the clubhouse and the ground thing was the, was the bit that we really needed to, to move forward with. Um, mm. It's lovely to see that as an ex-player now, to see the new stadium. And, the, and, and, you know, I was one of the first people to actually play on that pitch. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, Paul, we had that yeah. lovely... Um, <laughs> Memorial match, didn't we, against Bishop Thornburg? That we yeah, won. I, 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 that we won. I remember you you being on the bench, you going, I remember yelling at you, going, get on the pitch. What? Yeah. We're not going to bloody lose this game. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm off for a little rest. I've only been off for about 15 seconds and you're not bringing me back on. <laughs> well, so, it was, Stuart, uh, yeah, Stuart Haslam, I, we couldn't let him get one over us there that, that day. No way. And uh, wasn't having none of it. But there no. we go. Um, <laughs> Look, we, 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 we have been... Oh, sorry, go on. You were going to say no, something there? It was just a lovely ground to now play on. And I think, I really hope that the first team now can really develop and use that facility. And, it, and it's great keeping up with it on social media. The, the, these podcasts, I'm, I know my, my father does the rampages also that people can get hold of, a, kind of like a written kind of newsletter. Um, they're also really good. Just as catch up in terms of what's gone on and what's happening and... You know the the um, the wall that we've been building recently with the funds fundraising yeah. for the club been really successful. It's great seeing so many things on Facebook. You know the, the girls rugby's going from strength to strength. The disabled, um, um, mixed um, abilities, yeah, mixed yeah. ability stuff, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant to see that on Facebook this yeah. week. Makes uh, you feel very proud, doesn't it? It does, absolutely mm. does. And um, yeah, it's just great seeing you know Harlow wanting to be the best best club you know in Essex in terms of facilities, and I know also with the um, the England blind uh, or England deaf team yeah. wasn't yeah played there yeah. who were playing um, that's that's you know something special and having a having a friend Nick Doyle who used to play at Bishop Stoffe and I played um, cricket with him at Harlow um, he played for the deaf team for for many years for England deaf team uh-huh. so. So did yeah, Jamie Pope. Jamie Pope played to them as well. A while back. A long time ago, yeah. 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 Through that period, you know, we had a few players then go and play international rugby, didn't we? For, mm. We had a few play for Malta. Um, yeah, Tom Webb and uh, Malia, Martin Malia. Yeah. I was thinking about doing a podcast with Martin Malia about the Red Mist and see what happens there. So, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't mentioned it to him yet, but now I better, now I better get in touch. But, uh, <laughs> well, we've, we've had many players over the time <laughs> for that podcast yeah, yeah. you know they each just get 10 seconds each just to have a land <laughs> yeah. well look Reese, we're coming to the end of this because we've been talking for a while and uh, uh, we'll probably run out of internet space uh, but <laughs> we could keep talking for a long time so I think look, look let's just sort of wrap this up and just sort of go into sort of what are you looking forward to what what excites you coming coming up in the next few months Oh, I tell you what, I'm look. I'm looking forward to whether there there will be actually a British Lions tour or not. Yeah, uh, that's going to be exciting. Just yeah. get back to normality. I think you know. I've uh, I've been away for a couple of days this this week. This it's half term now as we're recording yeah. this, and uh, just being up to the Lake District with with the wife and some friends, and that has been absolutely just amazing. You know, it's been a long it's been a long period for a lot of people. This lockdown, and I think just getting back to a bit of normality, a bit of Normal sports, being mm-hmm. able to get down to the rugby club and come and support, heckle, <laughs> catch up, catch up with some old boys and have a drink and look forward to the future generation taking it forward. That that's really, really what I'm looking forward to at the moment. Excellent. So I look forward to seeing you at the club at some point and uh, uh, catching up in person, maybe with a little bit more liquid refreshment than we've managed today and uh, a glass of water with a bit of ice that I've managed. So uh, <laughs> so um, on, on that note, I mean, anyone else out there who would like to have a chat about a day in the history of Harlow or a season in the history of Harlow, please get in touch with me and I'll uh, set something up like this and we'll 
we'll reminisce, we'll go through some things, we'll name drop some people, we'll bad mouth, mouth Lee Aaron, uh, and we'll, 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 we'll bring Lee, Lee Aaron's dad, John, back from the dead as well. So, uh, <laughs> so there we go. All right. Well, Reese, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Um, I, I wish you all the best and I hope to see you very soon. Thanks, Paul. All the best to everyone at home. Thank you for listening to the House of Rams podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and found it interesting. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please get in touch through Facebook or email me direct with your thoughts. If you'd like to appear on one of our podcasts or showcase what you're doing at the club, please email me on paulowenynan at gmail.com or contact me through Facebook. Watch out for our next release and thanks for listening. Thank you.